day 285 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, Drama of Scripture. I'm here with Matt Kresge, and Matt Kresge is here with David Keith and Cindy <laughs> Camp, and so we're all together, and we're continuing to work through the Gospel of Matthew, which has, has been a deep joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything we've covered, you know, this year as we're going through the narrative, you know, uh, passages of Scripture to unfold, uh, you know, the single story, uh, you know, where God uh, created us to live in fellowship, and thrive under his, his love and guidance and uh, we chose personal autonomy to choose for ourselves what is good and best for us and pushed him out of our lives and, and the consequences of that were far greater than adam and eve ever imagined or far greater than we ever imagined it leads uh, to brokenness and to alienation uh you know from god from each other and, and even just a sense of not even uh, being comfortable you know in our own skin we're not fully who we could be unless we find ourselves fully who we could be in in relationship you know with god from the moment we pushed him out of his life so he began to pursue us through through judgment you know in, in in noah through covenant in abraham through building a people to represent his heart and character through israel and more than all of that through the person of of, of jesus christ and so as we come into the New Testament and this part of the story, we see how everything in the Old Testament was leading up to, preparing us for, pointing us to, shining the spotlight on Christ. And when we see it in light of the entire biblical story, what a beautiful story uh, it becomes. So we come uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 15 uh, today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are present in your word. We we love the description Paul gives us uh, that uh, it's been breathed out by you. And we realize that you breathed into Adam and you became a living thing. And that uh, you breathed into the valley of dry bones and, and they became a living people. We thank you that you have breathed your spirit into us. And Father, we thank you that your spirit working through your word uh, brings new life in us pray that that life would become more and more a reality for us. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your call. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules." Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain that parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked him, don't you see that whatever comes out of the mouth goes in the stomach and then out of the body, but the things that come out of a person's mouth from the heart, 
And those things defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. There's murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hand that does not defile them. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she, she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. A woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee, went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great cows came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. People were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said to him, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. The disciple answered, Where can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. After Jesus sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went away into the city of Magadan. And we have a second instance of you know, of, of, of your feeding. And uh, you have the disciples finding themselves in the same place they did in the first one, still asking how in the world you know, can we provide for that. And, and of course, what they have seen, they've quickly forgotten, and they have not learned you know, the full import of what they've seen. And, and we look at them and say, my goodness, guys, that was only a couple of chapters ago. <laughs> And I, couldn't, you, yeah. couldn't you get it? Couldn't you? you wouldn't you be eager and say, "Lord, here, here's here's the five loaves and two fish"? Or, you let's know, do that yeah, thing again. Let's do that, that thing, really do that thing again. But they're still again uh, questioned. You know, they're still again looking at your own resources rather than looking, you know, looking at, at, at his. And uh, as we get impatient with them, we also understand. Ah, uh, yeah, we do the same thing. We quickly forget, and we quickly look to ourselves and our resources rather than looking out of Christ. Man, just with a reminder that in so many ways, like the disciples, our resources are so inadequate. I mean, they, they don't have enough to, to do what they need to do, and we don't either, to, to truly live and to be the people of God and to follow Him faithfully. And so what a grace that he meets our inadequacies, which, you know, in our culture, it's hard for us to admit we have inadequacies because we are usually people that seem to have our act together in so many ways, but, or, or we wanna, but truly we're not. We want to be seen yeah. as people who seem to have their act together. It's just not compatible yeah. with the gospel yeah. and the call of Christ. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, what he's called us to is so much bigger, you know, than, than, than we are that it would be like trying to feed, you know, thousands and thousands of people on a few meager, you know, loaves of... Uh, loads of bread 
And uh, you know what he's doing is is, is significant. And he was telling the disciples, "You're you're responsible to feed these people because my Father loves them and has compassion on them. But you'll never be able to do that in your own resources, by your own power, and by your own strength." I don't know why the Pharisees and teachers of the law keep trying to trap Jesus. It never goes well for them. <laughs> but no, they, yeah. they they finally just say, "Okay, we've had enough. Right, we're, yeah. we're done." Yeah, but I, I love um, kind of. Thinking through the theme of Matthew. Instead of trapping him, they're just going to kill him. (laughs) They're going to kill him, yeah. Yeah. You know, thinking through the theme of Matthew, we talked about this on the podcast that, you know, Matthew opens up his genealogy and and the nations are included, Mm -hmm. you know, and along the way we see, you know, the faith of a centurion. We we see, we saw at the beginning of this week, um, Matthew giving us the quote from Isaiah and at the very end of that quote it says, you know, and the nations, uh, in his name, the nations will put their hope. And here it is with the Canaanite woman. You know, we see her coming before Jesus and saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, and, and we get this interesting interaction. You know, that most no, it is, people a, are perplexed it is a curious by. passage, isn't it? You know, we're, we're wanting to know, is Jesus being mean to this woman? Is he, you know, what is he doing? And yet you see, you know, in whatever he's doing and, and you know, kind of teaching in a parable or interacting with her, yeah. she responds in the parable you know, and and he says, "Woman, you have great faith. Your daughter has been healed." Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about it. And of course, we, you know, he's moved with compassion for the crowd, but his initial response to the woman is, she's crying out, and he he ignores her. Yeah. He, he, he it says he says not a word, and then she starts badgering the disciples and says, "Would you just kind of send her away?" And his response to the disciples, "I've I've really have one purpose, and that's for the, you know, lost sheep of the house of Israel." Then she, you know, comes up to him and and makes us. Mm-hmm. Makes this plea, and she says, "Just, just you know, it's just not good time. It's not right for you know the uh, the children's you know bread to be given to the dogs." And her answer is, "Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is so right in, in the order of things. In, in my house, you know, crumbs fall off, and the dogs you know get to enjoy the crumbs." And if that's true in my house, how much more true is it mm-hmm. you know, in the Father's house? Mm-hmm. So we know that whatever Jesus was doing, yeah. you know, we, we know by his character he is not acting out of a lack of compassion. Uh, and, and so really our best guess is, is he's leading her to this moment of faith, mm-hmm. which becomes a startling revelation for her mm-hmm. and for the disciples you know, as well. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have... I mean, you can look at her faith and then the lack of <laughs> what the Pharisees um, have when they even ask Jesus, um, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was what they were trying to push on the people. It sounded like kind of like what a priest would do as far as ceremonial cleansing. They were yeah, trying to push no, on people. Well, the, you know, it's beyond that. You know, it's, uh, it's what you would call fencing. You know, you. You know, God gives us a preceptor, He gives us a rule, and we make other rules, you know, to right. make sure that we keep the rules. And in the end, we're more, you know, caught up in keeping our rules about the rules mm-hmm. than living out the heart of the rule. And, and of course, it is a nice little turn that He makes, you know, uh, you know, why, why do you guys not play by our rules? Or mm-hmm. why are you not, you know, dancing when we play the flute and mourning when we play a dirge? Mm-hmm. You know, as Jesus has said, what shall I compare this? you know, generation. And Jesus said, here's a better question. Why are you ignoring God in order to keep your rules? Mm-hmm. Why have you let your rules become an end of themselves yeah. and carry you far from the heart of God? And, and we do the same. Yeah. You know, we can get caught up in our, our, our rules to keep rules, uh, you know, rather than being, you know, we can, we can make a quiet time just a, a 
thing we do, you know, uh, rather than Mm -hmm. uh, coming into the presence of God with with, with joy, you know, to meet with him and to know him. That's one of the difficulties of of reading passages like this at times. And we view the Pharisees and the teachers of the law as the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And forget that in some ways they they were trying to honor God and they were trying to to maintain, like you said, you know, this honor and respect by fencing and, and those sort of things. And yet they missed it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in doing so, I, I think at times, you know, we just view them as like, well, I'm not a Pharisee, so I don't, I'm not, this temptation isn't for me. And, and we miss that we probably are more like Pharisees than we want to admit. And if you don't think you're a Pharisee, you probably are, you know, and, yeah. and it's just, we have to hear that, res- that mm-hmm. response from Jesus for us as well, because this is this is our tendency it's to honor him with our lips but our hearts are far from yeah. him mm-hmm. and the the grace of god is the one who renews our hearts and draws us back to him mm-hmm. yeah and so what you're telling us is you might be a pharisee if you're unable to see just how much of a pharisee you really are <laughs> because we do all have those tendencies mm-hmm. of uh, of you know simply going through the motions or or as jesus said you're honoring him with our lips but our hearts are far from him mm-hmm and all of that. It's been a fun week in the Word. Uh, we've given a psalm you know, to read uh, tomorrow, and we hope, of course, you'll gather with the people of God uh, for worship on Sunday. Cindy, do you mind closing us off with a word of prayer? No. Father, we thank you for these passages and uh, what a conviction they can bring to our hearts, Lord, when we, we do confess that there are times that we are far from you in our act of worship and that we care more about the following of human laws than, than your word or your teaching. Father, forgive us. We want to repent and we want to turn and we want to ask that you continue to, by your spirit, work in our hearts to uh, conform us into the image of Christ. And that, Father, we would love you deeply and that our faith would continue to grow as we trust you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.